Hey y'all, welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden, and this is the place where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you don't mom alone. In this episode number 207, I'm chatting with my friend Ashley Janiszewski about parenting in the digital age. Boys and girls report content that they watch has become quote-unquote more and more extreme. This came out of a study in 2013, and here we are, we're five years removed from that. And so I just, my heart just pains for these kids because not only do they mention that, but they mention um, two-thirds of young women, 66%, and almost half of young men, 49%, agree, quote, it would be easier growing up if porn was less easy to access. This is a setup to step up, right? To borrow a phrase from Beth Moore. It is the ultimate setup to step up. Screen power is for real. Kathy Koch wrote Screens and Teens, a whole book about it. But guess what? Parent power is too. Screens are not going anywhere. They are here to stay. But guess what? So are parents. So here we are. we got to step up and help our kids out and minimize exposure. I love the idea of us linking arms, stepping up together to minimize the exposure our kids have to the avalanche of filth, as Ashley calls it. This is the reality. Like she said, screens aren't going away, but we can be empowered. We can be equipped. There are so many great things in this episode that Ashley's going to share about teaching our kids theology of the body, having family mantras, um, having a no shame, no blame policy. And she gives us lots of great filtering and information if you have devices and you want to know, how do I adjust the settings to filter things? That's three quarters of the way into our conversation. Overall, though, we know God is bigger. We do not need to freak out. We seek him for wisdom. We know ultimately, yes, we live in the world and we have a choice to not live of it. We can make these choices to protect our children. Um, We don't need to be helicopters, but we also need to be wise. So I am praying for your hearts as you listen, not to feel anxious, but to feel empowered. Before we get to that, I want to talk about one of this month's sponsors because without them, I couldn't bring you this great information. So thank you, FabFitFun. They are a seasonal subscription box company. They send you full-size beauty, lifestyle, fitness products, and their summer box is coming out this week if you ordered one. And so I get to tell you some of the things that were in my box I'm going to share with you today. So the entire box is valued at over $300, this this box that I got. And if you order one and use the coupon code I'm going to give you, it'll only cost you $39.99. And this first item that I saw when I opened the box, if you went to a store right now, you would pay more than that just to buy this one item. It's the Tarte Highlight and Contour Set. And it's amazing. It has six different colors in it that you can use to contour and highlight your face and look really glowy and amazing. Uh, There's also this Hawaiian black lava body caviar. Are you kidding? So nice. And then this blew my mind. Talk about beauty products in the digital age. It's by Forio and it's a facial cleansing brush and it has its own app y'all. And I put my cleanser on my face and I use this little brush thing and um, it's cleansing my face and then it can tell me my skin's age through the app. I don't even know. I don't even know. What are our kids going to have? If you want to get a box and you're curious, go to fabfitfun.com. Use the coupon code GCM to get that $10 off. All right, let's get to my conversation with Ashley. This is another earbud episode. So if you have little ones around, you may want to pop in those earbuds, hit pause, grab them. Uh, because again, sensitive topic and we just want to just be wise. All right, let's get right to it. Here we go. Hey, Ashley, welcome to the God Center Mom podcast. I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you for having me. Uh, my pleasure. You are kind of making waves in our little community here in Dallas, and I love it. Good kind of waves. Thank you. Thank you. And so I had to have you on because uh, you did a little seminar or a lecture at our school, and now you've been asked to do more and all sorts of places. And since I have this community of moms who are hungry for mentorship and knowledge, I thought what you have to share would be perfect with them because you are a mom. You're not, you know, you're in the game. <laughs> you, you, you get the desires of our heart to steward this role well and to be informed. We are educated women 
<laughs> we are equipped if, you know, but we don't have all the time in the world. So you have done all this research and I'm thrilled. So before we get into all of it, would you take a second and introduce the guy listening to your family? I'd love to. So I am uh, a mom of five children. I've been married to my husband, Joe, for almost 17 years. Yes. And my children uh, are age range from 11 to two. Yes. And we are in four different schools, <laughs> public school, private school, single uh, gender school, co-education, yeah. Catholic, Protestant, <laughs> you name it. I, yeah, I, we cover the bases. Yeah. And um, so we run in a lot of different communities mm. in different, we see lots of different approaches to parenting and handling uh, all things digital and techno- uh, technological and we see a lot of things that are working well, a lot of things that are not working well, mm-hmm. and it informs us as parents, and it definitely motivates me to uh, equip myself as much as possible. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Well, uh, in the, the talk that you gave at our school, you shared a little story of why you were motivated to research this more. Why don't you share that? So specifically, what got me laser-focused about <laughs> this particular topic of pornography and its impact on children today. Mm-hmm. In January of this year, my 11-year-old, incidentally, the age of the average age yeah. in America of exposure to pornography yeah. on the internet is 11. Some some studies show younger than that, even 9. Yeah. However, the most widely accepted is 11. My son happens to be 11. He happened to come home from school one day, go through the regular routine. I'm tucking him into bed that night. That's always when I get his heart and we have a sweet connection. And he starts crying. Mm. What happened? What's going on? So he proceeds to reveal to me on the bus ride home from school. The friend sitting next to him said, hey, Bear, look at this. Uh, Clicking on what was trending on YouTube that day. Right. So on YouTube. His, so being on YouTube. That's right. Uh, on his unfiltered device that he had, his smart device that he had in his pocket. Uh, and that led to watching a short cartoon film that was pornographic in nature, not full-blown pornography, no, right. but sexual in yeah. nature yeah. Uh, that disturbed my child to the degree that he was crying that night. He exhibited the two classic signs that a, a child that is far too young to be exposed to something sexual in nature uh, exhibits, which is fear and anxiety. Mm. Fear, he never wanted to ride the bus again. He never wanted to sit next to that boy again, even though he loves him and he's a good kid. Right. He's a friend. Right. Uh, anxiety, he cried. Not only did he cry, he cried himself to sleep. Mm. Even after we prayed it through, we unpacked it. I told him how proud I was of him, uh, that he shared with me. He did the right thing. We've been equipping our children for this moment. Right. That I'm the one to come to. That's right. These gals know Mary Flo. Okay, perfect. <laughs> perfect. I'm a big f- a fan of Mary Flo. But we get the conversation started early. That's right. That and we don't we teach... shy away from these conversations. That's right. This yeah. is this is part of life and, and equipping our children to process this visually saturated society that they are growing up in. Mm. And mercy, if it is hard <laughs> to parent effectively in the digital age, imagine what it's like to be a child growing up in it. So we have to equip our kids and speak very frankly uh, to them. Uh, in in terms that are unemotional, it's this is just a fact of life. Yeah. We have to learn how to process the images around us. There is an onslaught of filth being pinged at our kids constantly. Yeah. The second they have a digital device, a whole world, I call it the avalanche of filth coming down that digital Mount Everest, even mm-hmm. if they're sitting at base camp and you haven't given them a phone. Right. You still, or you right. haven't given them a Kindle fire or you haven't given them a thing. You're cloistering. You're doing your best to preserve their innocence. The fact of the matter is, is it's only sustainable for so long. Right. You have to equip them for when the friend on the bus or a Boy Scouts or a church youth group or down the street or next door or that neighbor comes over or they're at grandma's house. Right. And they say, hey, look at this. Or they accidentally stumble upon something. We can't. What to do when? We can't. um, I think some moms are just like, oh, my gosh, I don't want to even think about the fact that my child might see that or not my child. They wouldn't. And it might not be your child, like in your case. 
It might be shown to them. It might be that they're in a situation where they stumble upon it. I'm not kidding you. I watched Sleepless in Seattle last night. Do you remember this old movie? Sure. And there's a scene where they're brushing their teeth, the dad and the son. And he said, when you get married, are you going to have sex with your wife? And he spits out his toothpaste and he goes, well, I should hope so. Are you going to claw up her back? And he goes, (laughs) what do you mean? He's like, well, you know, in all the, you know, in all the movies, she like makes a lot of noises and claws up his back. And he's like, um, where did he, where did you see that? And he goes, well, Jed's got cable. There you go. This was before smartphones. That's right. That's right. But even in that time period, sure. and then you shared a story of your own time period, sure. we're going to be in these situations, and we want to um, provide an environment at home where our children feel safe enough to bring them up. So go ahead. I love your you example. Bring, you, well, you bring up a great point. Yeah. The coming of age experience. Yes. Today. And people say, oh, it's fine. Right. Oh, it's fine. They, everybody gets exposed. As I speak to pastor pa- panels of pastors, variety of churches and schools and parent groups, I encounter and I'm thrown all the classic myths. Ah, mm. oh, Ashley, come on. We always have, we all had our coming of age experience. Good grief. Yeah. What's the big deal? I turned out okay. Right. The coming of age experience today in 2018 looks so radically different than the coming of age experience that we experienced as kids. My own experience in seventh grade right. at my friend's house playing with Clinique makeup on her floor. <laughs> and then she pulls out her dad's Playboy magazine that she found in the bottom of her dad's closet. We opened it up. We screeched and squealed and went, oh, my gosh. You're like, you had said, I'd never seen. Never seen. A naked one beside your mom. Exactly. Yeah. Flipped through to the end. Keywords, the end. Put it back under her bed and went out and played outside. And that was basically the extent of my exposure mm-hmm. throughout my youth until I got to college. But here's the deal. Today, the things that were just in place intrinsically in our society back then are not in place. The, the natural barriers right. are not in place today. So today we've got the, the, the AAA, right? That you can do it anonymously. Mm-hmm. There is complete accessibility. Right. And there's total affordability. So the three A's, right? Those are barriers that we had naturally in place. You had to buy it. You had to there see was it. an age limit. There you was to... a person you had to look in the eye. That's exactly mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. And, um, and you had to have some type of a public interaction to get it. Whereas now it's just privately, anonymously accessible and free. Free. On every level. And this is why I start specifically with pornography and kids and needing to arm them regarding this is because basically everything that they touch digitally leads to pornography. Right. So when you hand over any type of a smart device. Even our phone to a two-year-old during a restaurant experience. Oh, absolutely. You're essentially handing over a portal to the most vile X-rated theater known to man. You've got... I mean, it's kind of like saying, here's a Playboy, just look at, just read the articles. I mean, truly, <laughs> right. it really is tantamount to that. Then this is what you're, you're waking parents up to. Right. This is a big, and maybe, maybe I have some really young moms uh-huh. who were raised with smartphones. Right. So they may be more aware than you and I who didn't even get a cell phone until college. Right. But even then, even then, recognizing the accessibility and putting in the barriers because we think not my kid. Right. And that's one of the great myths is I'm making better choices, especially among Christian parents. Mm. I find this is just rampant. Right. I'm making better choices. Mm. I, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to homeschool. I'm choosing to send them to a, a wonderful Christian school. We're in church every... We read Jesus' we, storybook Bible. We've got that memorized. Well, or we limit how much time... We, that's right. We limit. We limit it. We only allow... One hour a day. One, one hour, hour a day. Only on the weekends. We or, only allow YouTube kids. So right. we're good. Right. Versus YouTube for everyone, right? Right. So the kids then makes you have this false sense of security. YouTube kids, for example. Or Google kids, or, right? Or what Safe Search Kids powered by Google is a much better choice in the way of a search engine. Yes, as, yeah. as an option. But nothing is foolproof, right? Right. So it is, 
It's A, our responsibility to wake up. B, our responsibility as parents to not throw our hands in the air, because I hear that as well. Well, this is the world we live in, so, you know, they're going to have to learn one way or another. So what do you respond? How do you respond to that? It's our job as parents, though this is the reality, not to throw our hands in the air. It is our responsibility, just like it is to buckle our children when we get in the car. I it's our this story. It's our responsibility yes. to virtually buckle up our children. Tell this. So, Tell this. <laughs> so back so whenever good. we were kids, yeah. I'm in my 40s, when we were kids, yeah. the... Of course, the law, the seatbelt law, came into effect. The physical seatbelt law. Like, that might blow your mind if you're listening. You're like, Heather and Ashley are so old. They okay. didn't even have laws so, for seatbelts. That's right. Now we have, have alerts if you don't put it on. That's yeah. right. You can go to jail now if you don't. So, but all this to say, when we were kids, I remember there was that initial societal pushback. Like, don't tell me what to do. Are you kidding me? Well, what if I get into a car wreck and the seatbelt traps me in? What now? Mm-hmm. Well, well, goodness gracious. I mean... It's going to wrinkle my blouse. I mean, there was that initial I won't be able to nurse my baby while I'm driving. Yeah, or my kid's uncomfortable. I mean, he wants to wiggle. Quit. So, Bruce was in a playpen in the back of their station wagon. Oh, there you go. I mean, I I, I slept in a sleeping bag in yes. the back of mine. Oh, totally. So, so, so you had a neighbor. So, yes, the neighbor across the street, precious family, loved them. I lived over there. there were, my best friend lived there. Her dad was a pediatrician, and he ranted for months. He was never going to put his daughter in a seatbelt. And then slowly but surely, what happens? Public service announcements come out. Newscasters are, you know, announcing and and carrying this on the news. Oh, research shows that wearing a seatbelt and putting your child in a seatbelt and buckling yourself up decreases, minimizes deaths in automobile accidents. Well, there you go. We've got a number. We've got a a motivator. Research shows that I actually will likely live if I get into an accident. Didn't eliminate deaths in car accidents, of course, but it greatly decreased. Mm -hmm. So here we are a generation later. Do we think twice about buckling up? Of course not. We know better, so we do better. So even with needing to, whenever you have like all our our moms, our first time moms, whenever they have their first baby and trying to figure out a car seat, my word, it's so overwhelming. (laughs) But you know what? You do it. You figure it out. Yeah. You figure out how to buckle it in. You figure out how to use it. Figure out how to take it out, put it into a different car yeah. and get it secure, even though it's a little scary at first. You learn. The same thing right now. We need to pivot as parents in today's society. This is our moment when it's time to virtually adapt, virtually buckle up and learn how to do some of these things to minimize exposure to this material, this deviant caustic, corrosive, evil material that is truly everywhere digitally. Right. Just about everywhere. Yeah. And don't be scared, moms. It is everywhere, but you um, have a God who's everywhere and you are very smart. That's right. And you know what? Even if our kids, I've got five. Like in all likelihood, I will shepherd someone through some sort of a journey. Yeah. With pornography. Yeah. I have four boys and one girl. You're being realistic. I am a realist. And you're not doing this out of fear. No. I am empowered by this information. Mm-hmm. And this is the beauty yeah. of where we sit today in 2018. We have the... We are beneficiaries of fabulous research. Secular research in neuroscience, in psychology, psychiatry, that shows, that supports our morality right. as Christians. And so we need to operate and parent out of a position of power, not a position of fear. Okay, so a mom's on board. She does not want her child exposed. Um, She may not grasp uh, how accessible or how dark it can get. Um, I think if the mom's listening and she has a preteen... And she's thinking, I I saw someone say their seven-year-old texting. Let's talk about even just texting. We're not even, we're not even going yet down the dark road of, of porn. Just, um, you had mentioned something and it like woke me up to having a conversation with my 12-year-old who's texting on my phone to his friends, um, that the Highland Park chief of police was talking to you about the rampant sexting situation and we think oh and again 
not my kid. But talk about the legalities of that so that we can even be equipped so, when, in talking to our kids sure. about if something happens that they receive in a text yes. or whatever. Okay. So there are laws in place that a lot of us parents don't even think about because it's so out of the realm of what we think about and do. Like what in child our, pornography laws, for like, example. Like we're just trying to get groceries and the laundry done. I'm not thinking about child pornography laws sure. in my day in and day sure. out. Yeah. Right. But so, you've done the research and you've found out. Right. So it should be said first and foremost that 40% of teenagers, almost half of teenagers today in America say that sending sexual or naked photos or videos is part of everyday life for teenagers nowadays. It's like, and I've even noticed this with my son and, and communities he's in, and someone said it continues into high school, their tolerance of how they talk to each other how they treat each other, and even in this. Their tolerance drops because well, everybody's doing it. It's a classic. Sure. Desensitizing. Desensitizing. Sure. Of, and, well, if everyone's doing it, it becomes normalized. Everybody. So, yeah. and that is a major, major problem. But this presupposes, I mean, we're getting into the tween years and the teen right. years. Now, moms, hear me loud and clear. If you haven't talked and addressed bodies... Mm-hmm. Good pictures, bad pictures. Right, let's do that real quick. Yeah. Uh, then, I mean, you're way behind the curveball. And i got to be honest with you, you will be parenting from a reactive point of view. So how does she start before she even gets in the tween years and talking about the body? Give some good resources and we'll get back to the sexting because okay. I think you're right It's that I want to do that first. Okay, so <clears throat> equipping families in general, you need to make a plan. So I don't care if you have a two-year-old and mm-hmm. that is your only child. You and and your husband need to make a plan. When are we going to invite digital and technology into our child's life? Right. Just very basic. It will take over. You mean beyond TV? Beyond TV. Mm -hmm. I'm talking just like... A Kindle. A Kindle, handing over my phone to watch uh, the latest Disney Junior episodes or whatever it is. It just infiltrates. You right. go to grandma's house in Mercy, the television's on for hours because right. grandma, depend, yeah, depend, you know, yeah. it kind of, every family is different. But mm-hmm. Or the cousins. You, that's you, right. First Christmas with a cousin. My and, mother yeah. pulls up Barb, uh, not, uh, the Disney princesses for my daughter to look at, all the images to look at on, on her phone. I'm like, mom, what are you doing? Right. It just happens. You just have to have these conversations. You have to have these conversations mm-hmm. in place just to talk about, uh, this is sort of what we want our family to look like. Now, it is going to evolve as your child grows. But it is good to start there with your husband. Mm-hmm. Get the, on the same page. What are the goals for our family? Uh, number two would be to formulate a family mantra. That is very, very basic. And it is talked about from lots of different perspectives, both uh, mostly Christian. Um, but it's important because it gives your children, as you talk about your family mantra, it gives your children a framework. So what would be examples? To, okay, so my, our family mantra, for example, is... It, it, we ask four different questions and we, we always, we recite them quickly all the time. <laughs> well, who are we? We're followers of Christ. What do we do? We serve others and work hard. How do we do it? In love and in truth. Why? To glorify God and expand his kingdom. So I tell my kids constantly, you come to me, I'll consider anything. And so whenever we talk about it, oh, so-and-so gets to see that movie. So-and-so gets to do that. So-and-so already has that device or why don't I have the whole the classic Keeping Up with the Joneses episode that we all parent through, right? Yeah. And in, in, in our fear of missing out. That's I don't want exactly my right. child to miss out on the social happening. We don't want our kids to be the pariah, to be the one on the we outside looking in. want them to be in. in the in-group. And what does this do? One pastor said to me after I spoke uh, to his group at his church, said to me, parents are in the belly of the beast. Hmm. Parents are... Do not stand up for what is right in the face of the current of culture when it comes to their kids. They just don't want their kids on the outside. What doesn't make sense, and I've said this maybe in podcast episodes before, is how like helicoptery and obsessive we can be with every tiny thing that goes in their mouth or signing them up for soccer at 18 months, whatever the thing is when they're little. And then we get so hands off. When it comes to the most important, I don't, vital part of their being. Is it because we get exhausted because we overdid it when they were little? Like we should have just like That's hugged funny. them and loved them? Yeah. 
and and fed them. Probably have a great point there. But but I think that because I I, I address this in yeah. talks about how we're exhausted by the time they get to <laughs> be tweens so and teens. We put so much. We've done all the birthday parties. Yes. And we've done all the the, the field trips and the expended all this energy. Yeah. Yeah. All this effort, yeah, this trying work. to be the perfect mom and, and like, raise the perfect kid, and then we're like, never mind, and like, I'm, <laughs> I'm tired. So tired. And you know what? They start to beat us down, don't they? Well, that's pet, the pet, thing pet, too. Pet, I, pet, I love pet. that you're saying they come to you. My friend has a phone. My friend gets to see this movie, and so then your mantra is your ground, your it's the framework sta- is your standing firm place. That's right. It's your, let's remind us of who we are and, and God's truth over that's everybody right. else's opinion. That's right. Yeah. And we're not going to look like everybody else. And this is nothing new. I have said this since they were born and could talk. <laughs> we're not going to look like everybody else. And you know, sometimes that's going to feel hard. Yeah. And it's going to be hard. But God gave you a family in which you will always be part. And you will always fit in here. And so one guest, Karis um, uh, Murray Kimmel, her dad did grace-based parenting. She talks about her 10-year rule. If your child spills milk on the chair, is it going to matter in 10 years? So chill out. I think in this situation, it's, it's a, again, a flip on that. Instead of chill out, the spilled milk's not a big deal, 10-year plan. Is saying yes to that thing my child's asking going to have an impact 10 years from now? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and to ruin a marriage and a legacy that I'm building because I, I don't want them to miss out on some friends here that they may forget about in 10 years. I mean, how many of your sixth grade friends do you still call up every day? None. Uh, one. <laughs> one. One a few times a year. But it, right. not your family, you That's see right. your sister all the time. Of course. Your Talk parents. to my mom daily. Yes. So are we sacrificing that future 10-year adult person, contributor, future parent at the expense of fitting up the agendas? When I think especially with young parents yeah. uh, who are more comfortable with a lot of technology, for example. So it's, it's they've been a part of their life. Since yes. They, they hand it over very quickly. It's important to remember Steve Jobs, who of course led Apple and started Apple did not hand over devices to his own children. Um, it, a lot of people in the know, like for example, I went to a seminar with a cybersecurity expert. There was also a U.S. attorney who prosecutes cases of child predators online who prey on children. There was a police officer in the room, and he asked the question. There were about 100 parents of tweens in the room. Who has given your child a smartphone? Basically, the whole room raised their hand. And he said, okay, forget it. Put your hand down. Who hasn't? He raised his hand, the cybersecurity expert. The U.S. attorney who prosecutes these cases raised her hand. The police officer raised his hand. I raised my hand and a few others. And the cybersecurity expert said, okay, um, I think everyone should take note that uh, the police officer, the expert in cybersecurity, the U.S. attorney, a handful of these moms, I think we happen to, we might just know a few things that all of y'all don't. And it's it's a wake-up call. It is a wake-up call. And so here's the deal. We have research that some of us younger moms maybe haven't heard or have sort of forgotten about. Or too busy to even look up. Too busy to look up about just screen time. The power of screen time. Right. Okay. We, I'm have, not even, we have the I'm not guilt. Even, I'm not even we have, talking we about have guilt like pornography. Right. No. Just screen time and, and the, the damage to the brain. The damage right? to the brain. Yeah. And, you know, the, but yet here we've got tweens, the average hour, hours that they spend outside of school and homework on screens is over four and a half hours a day. You get to the teenage years in America today, teenagers spend nine hours a day outside of homework, computer lab at school, etc., on screens. Okay, I'm going to hop in here real quick and mention another sponsor that makes this show possible. It's Prep Dish. You've heard me talk about them before. If y'all are in Cray May like I am, maybe you need some help. I feel like I am going moment to moment, email to email, event to event, and Prep Dish makes life just a little bit easier. On Fridays, they send me the meal plan for the next week, and I can pick and choose which meals work for us. They have a grocery list. And it's numbered by the menu item, so I can decide like what I know need to buy, what I can buy. You can use Instacart, have someone else do the grocery shopping for you. In an afternoon, I can prep all the food. So the night of, I'm just like reheating and putting things together. I'm not having to start from scratch every night. And I tend towards putting my kids on screens while I'm cooking dinner, which I know, whatever, judge. But with Prep Dish, 
I'm not doing that because it's not hard to cook dinner. It's pretty easy and they can even help me. So if you want to check it out, go to preptish.com forward slash GCM. You can try it for two weeks for free if you use the coupon code, all caps, GCM. I'm going to be making their slow cooked barbecue pulled pork with almond flour biscuits and coleslaw this week. I can't wait. I did their blueberry crisp last week and it was so delicious. Um, I hope you all enjoy it. All right, let me get back to my interview with Ashley. Here we go. And and teachers, I was checking out at Kohl's, making comments to the cashier, talking about the end of the year and the crazy and getting all the things. And the teacher behind me, she teaches high school math. and And I asked her, are they allowed to have phones? She goes, well, technically they're not supposed to be on them, but they are. And I tell them if I see them on it, I'm going to take it. But I have to police that all the time. And a friend of ours, her daughter is in a public high school here. Boy right next to her in class looking at porn. During class. During class. There's also an epidemic of, of high school students falling asleep in class. Because they're so exhausted. From because they're so... Night. That's right. <clears throat> and so much of, of what kids are doing, uh, teenagers in America today are doing... In that nine hours, girls, it's musically oriented. Boys, it's video game oriented. I mean, this is a big alert, alert, because it starts young. It just doesn't start when they get into ninth grade. This has been going on for years. The brain, the brain has been revved up and habitualized. That's right. And they, they are consuming all of this. And then, oh my word, the accidental click or the pop-up ad or the misdirected link or the email or the sext, whatever it is, my word, there are sexually explicit images everywhere online. So you've told the parents they need to have conversations with their husband. They need to have their family mantra. You had something yeah, else. And, I don't then, and then educate. you got to start young and you got to talk often. And this includes just when they're very young and they're tots and whatnot, you're just talking to them about the, uh, the dignity and value of their bodies. Okay, let's get into that because I think you have a really good resource I want to link. Okay, so that. there's the Theology of the Body for Kids. And it just goes into all of the basics. It's not about sex. It's about your body. How God. Body as a gift. Your body is smart. Your body is a teacher. It tells you when you're sick or when you're tired. It helps these kids understand this amazing instrument that God gave them. Um, And then, uh, so teaching the dignity and value of their bodies. Also, it starts very, very young when you're just doing life. This is not a big moment of conversation that you have to sit down and have a big talk about the birds and bees. This is part of life. You parent, mom are the primary educator. And so it is your responsibility to weave in to life in your home. Driving to soccer. That's right. In the grocery store line. On a device in the car, even. That's right. You gotta turn it off. We can't have these conversations. That's right. And so bedtime you mentioned. That's right. Oh you gotta confiscate the all the digital apps, whatever. The yeah, t- you're going to talk about that okay. too, like about the different... But there are opportunities when our kids are very young, mm-hmm. when we're not even talking about quote-unquote sex or intercourse or even lust yet. When they are young, we're talking about just the dignity and value of their bodies. This is what we cover up. This is why we get dressed. This is why we dress modestly. Well, and even to point out the value of every woman that we see I've had um, father son on the show to talk about pornography and, and he mentioned reminding the person, the male or female that, that whoever they're watching is another human. That's right. And this is where it comes into play later. That's exactly right. So, so for example, a classic example that comes up uh, every time we go to the mall right. to get my coffee, we're <laughs> walking down to head to Nespresso and we pass Victoria's Secret every time. Mm-hmm. And my kids notice the gigantic larger than life images of these beautiful women in underwear. And it's a beautiful like, opportunity yes. for me to unpack this world of sexually explicit imagery everywhere around them. And I always address it right then. I take advantage of the, of the opportunity. It's always a very short, succinct conversation of helping them understand that she is a, a human. Mm-hmm. I humanize her. Right. I always point out whenever I notice their eyes, mm-hmm. see her. I always say, right. I just noticed you looked, you just saw that beautiful woman in that picture. I always point it out. It's a great opportunity. Moms. She's a beautiful woman. Did you notice it? She's uh, not dressed in, an, in a dignified way. My kids know that word, dignified. We talk about it all the time. She's in her underwear. 
And that's not appropriate, is it? But you know what? Um, it's That is, and I, I've taught my children what the word pornography means. Mm-hmm. They are young kids. It's just a word. It's a word I use all the time. Whenever we talk, we, we pass these images in the grocery store line or whatever. That's called softcore pornography. It's You'll hear people say porn for short. It's a word that describes a picture of a man or a woman in uh, either in their underwear or not without their underwear. Yeah, that's kind of crazy. I know, but it's yeah, the they truth. always are. When my when I talk to my voice, they're like, "What? Yes, no, yes." There's something in a child that knows this is off. That's right. That's right. But it's important because our body does. I mean, our our culture does nothing but separate body and soul, mm-hmm. objectify the human. It's important to push those two things back together. Right. As mom, primary educator, you know what I always tell my kids. She, I bet she likes popcorn and has favorite movies. You know, Mm. she has a mom and a dad. Mm. And you know what? I just want to pray for her right now. I always end with a prayer. Very quick. Lord, I just pray the Holy Spirit would touch her. And she would just uh, come to faith in Jesus. Amen. Mm. That's it. And we move on. But it's helping humanize her. It's helping understand that she's not appropriately dressed. And that that they don't feel shame in the fact that they're Body responds positively to it. That's right. Yeah. And as they get a little bit older, right. I ask things like, did that give you a funny feeling or a tingly feeling in your private parts? Mm-hmm. I'm very open. Yeah. We talk very frankly in yeah. my home. Um, well, no, it didn't. Oh, okay. Well, tell me, let me know whenever it does, because that's very natural. That's normal. That's, norm. that's, that's a that's very okay. normal, normal response yeah. to see um, a photo like that and have a physical reaction. That's how God creates our bodies to have reactions uh, that are like, that's very normal. So just tell me. Yeah. And that's and, it. We move on. And fortunately, um, I just had Nancy Houston on to talk about overcoming barriers to sexual intimacy and the number of Christian um, women who were raised in an environment where everything, body, sex, intimacy is so bad and wrong and then they really struggle so i think that that's good that you're you're kind of modeling how do we talk through these things which is great so but before middle school it should yeah. be said that we need to have those conversations specifically about what a good picture and a bad picture yeah is. there is a book right yes and it is called good pictures bad pictures okay i'll right. put that in the show yes so. great and then uh joe and i have what we call a no shame and no blame philosophy so we talk about there's just no shame and no blame when it comes to any kind of an image whether it's a moving picture in movie or a still picture or a cartoon picture that is inappropriate. Um, there is never shame. There is never blame in our house. You just, your first line of defense is to look away, just say, Oh, that's pornography or, Oh, that's not appropriate or that's not okay. And you come and tell mom or you come and tell dad. That is your first line of defense. And there's never shame and there's never blame. Even if you seek it out, right. you still when you get to that point, which you will, you'll eventually turn it off or turn away or have to go to dinner or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You come and tell me there's never shame and there's never blame in our house. And then by high school, we've got to have, uh, or actually, I'm sorry, in middle school. Um, so we've got the pre-K through elementary. We're teaching the dignity and value of their bodies. Before middle school, we're teaching them the big Good good pictures, bad pictures, and no shame and no blame philosophy. Middle school, we're teaching them the nature and purpose of sex, its power and beauty. They need to know at that point, if they don't know mom and dad are a reliable source of information, that mom and dad are the authority. That we know what things are called and how this works. That's right. And they can trust us. We're honest. We're forthcoming. My kids know they can come to us with everything. Mm -hmm. I tell them openly, mom and dad are experts at all things (laughs) regarding the body and sex. They know that word in middle school. They should. If they don't learn it from you correctly, they're going to learn it from either Google or their friends with Google or YouTube, the second most searched search engine on the planet. So then high school, we have to have candid conversations about body image and specific sexual behaviors. Oh, my word. Are you kidding me, Ashley? Specific sexual behaviors? Yes. I'll tell you why. Because... 12, only 12% of parents of teenagers even know that their teenagers are sucked into pornography and viewing pornography. And let me tell you, if they are viewing pornography, even on a casual basis, it is impacting what they view as normative sexual behavior. This is, yeah, huge. 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 This is, a, this is again, in the Nancy Houston 
interview, we talked about um, how it is negatively impacting marriages and the intimacy and men struggling to um, be with their own wives. That's right. Because so, of, and women. I mean, we, we can't say it's only men. Don't, well, be, don't think you're a mom of a girl and you're out. This isn't a conversation for you. That's right. <laughs> a third of all women, I mean, a third of all porn viewers on the internet are women. Yeah. Um, and this is a problem with middle school girls in particular. They are getting sucked into porn because they are seeking it out for quote unquote educational purposes. So now it should be said that always, no matter what the age of your child, the most profound impact that you can have on them as it relates to sex education and love and bodies is modeling love within your marriage. Yeah. Now, be encouraged, moms, if you're a single mom. Mm -hmm. Because I know that that is something that your heart aches about. If there is division or there's divorce or death, whatever. You know what? You can still do this by showing your dependence and your love and your commitment to our Lord and uh, and Savior. Mm -hmm. So that is impactful. And we pray for a grandfather to come in as a mentor or for there to be some other mentor uh, of a male figure for your child. Now, that being said... For all of us moms who are married, right, to dad, moms and dads need to be modeling love. This is profound for the child and how they view sexuality, their own sexuality. We've got to give them something to look forward to. Moms, do we light up when dad walks in the house after a long day at work? Do we light up? Yeah. I sure hope so. Or when we kiss and the boys are like, oh, and he says, believe me, the one thing you want most in life <laughs> is that your mom and I want to kiss each other. That's what he says every time. I love it. The one thing you want most in life is that we love one another. That's exactly yeah. right. And even when they ooh and goo. Yeah. Just, oh, it just, yeah. it's just providing yeah. such a comfort, a, to a comfort yeah. and security. And, and like we said, um, I love that, that you, you know, we've talked about elementary, pre-middle school, middle school, high school conversation to have. Even as your kids are in college, they're looking forward to marriage, to have actual conversations about what does this, if they haven't had a sexual encounter already or not, what does this look like in reality versus what they may or may not have seen in porn to right. that point if, if the statistics are so high that they probably have seen something. Yeah. To say what is a realistic sexual experience. I thought that was great that you pointed that out. That we can have these conversations with our kids so they aren't having unrealistic expectations of a spouse. That's exactly right. Disappointment or... Right. Or or overestimating a prevalence of a less common practice because they've been exposed to, for instance, gonzo films, which are rampant all over the internet. You brought that up and I was like, gonzo? No, that's from the Muppets. I know. No, exactly. Do not Google gonzo. No. It is just a genre of filmography within the adult industry that portrays just body punishing sex acts. And, and they're rampant. They're everywhere. And there are tons of them to watch. And, and they're free. And they're free. You know, it's just incredible. So even if you've got a child who sees a handful of them, my word, they're probably going to think, oh, my goodness. This is an option for If me. you look at college yeah. surveys like I have, and I've read many of them, college kids who have grown up even casually consuming this content, hardcore pornography. And it should be said that the pornography of our youth was, I consider, pretty soft core. Compared to what's Compared to today. I mean, there was hardcore pornography, no question, back then. But, to but today, the availability. The availability of hardcore pornography is just, is just limitless. So here you've got these college students in surveys saying things like, well, anal sex is normal, right? They are... Again, desensitized. Right. Overestimating its prevalence. Then whenever you go a little deeper in the college surveys, whenever the young men and young women are asked, do they like it? Both sexes say no. Hmm. But they feel like it's normal and expected because of what they have consumed online, right? So it has truly changed... What their body is telling them. Their perception of human sexuality. So in the matter of a generation... I mean, human sexuality, as we have always known it, has been changing more in a matter of this past generation than it ever has in human history. It is incredible. And how you said, uh, if, if they're getting exposed earlier, 
then the likelihood that they're going to get deeper and darker yes. and twisted and we're going back to biblical times and Old Testament sexual perversion with right. bestiality. And I hate to say that, but it is, we can't live with our heads under the covers. Like, this is how deep it's getting the earlier it that's, starts. That's right. Um, so, okay. Boys and girls report content that they watch has become, quote unquote, more and more extreme. This came out of a study in 2013. And here we are, we're five years removed from that. And so I just, my heart just pains for these kids because not only do they mention that, but they mention um, two thirds of young women, 66%, and almost half of young men, 49%, agree, quote, it would be easier growing up if porn was less easy to access. They're begging so, for mom boundaries. And, <laughs> mom and dad, this is a setup to step up, right? To borrow a phrase from Beth Moore. It is the ultimate setup to step up. Screen power is for real. Kathy Koch wrote Screens and Teens, a whole book about it. But guess what? Parent power is too. Screens are not going anywhere. They are here to stay. But guess what? So are parents. So here we are. We got to step up and help our kids out and minimize exposure. So I love your rules that you presented. Um, your your three different levels of internet rules to to equip this mom who's listening who may or may not be freaking out. Remember, we're not going to freak out. We're empowered. Um, what she could do to get started on stepping up. Beyond the conversation, we've talked about the conversations we're going to have. We're going to keep no shame, no blame. But yes. So solutions for an internet safer home. Yes. So basically three, we need to guard access on three levels. Yeah. So number one, the location level. And this is according to the FBI. I had uh, a lengthy uh, meeting with a supervisory special agent who handles all of this scary stuff with our kids and in the internet and it's supported by the FBI, by the police, by every cybersecurity expert, psychologist, pediatric, you name it. We need to guard the location level. Mm. So we need to have strict, even though these are amazing mobile devices, they don't ever go into someone's bedroom. They or don't you go even in, said in the bathroom, they don't go into which the bathroom. is tricky because I know Bruce and I, we may have modeled. I mean, we've modeled yeah, sure. that. But sure. that's, you know, we got some time. I mean, we had some time in the bathroom. This might be a chance to check my email. Sure. Uninter- uninterrupted. Right. The word. Right. Um, so, well, so, so we need to set clear boundaries. Like, where in our family do we... Where physically in the home are we going Are we to- allowing... Now, these are things that you can control, we're talking about, in your home. Now... We we got to equip for outside of the home, which is you're training the heart, right. you're explaining all of the definitions of the body parts, you're addressing lust and sex and birds and bees and all of that stuff at age appropriate levels. But now here we are in our home. We it is our duty to minimize exposure. It starts with the location. Our in our home, it is the family room. It's connected to the kitchen. It's a very natural place for all of us to hang out. That's where it is. That's where it stays. And I remind my kids, oh, isn't it wonderful? It is mobile. Yes. And they're <laughs> complaining that they would just want to go lounge on their bed. Say, so, oh, it's great. You can sit. You have the freedom to sit on any cushion of the couch. <laughs> isn't that awesome? You have this beautiful sectional to choose. From yes. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just our rule. It's just yeah. the way we roll. And then number two. Uh, oh, I should say, then there should be a specific time everything is turned in. Now, we are very conservative in our home. None of my kids have devices of their own. However, um, on Saturday morning, that is our time. I let my kids play Wii. I let my kids play their their games that I have vetted, that I, I agree upon. They're fine. And they do it, but they do it all in the family room. And it's all in a certain amount of time. If your kids are older and they have phones of their own, you know what? It gets turned in at whatever, 9 o'clock. Well, there's something, too. I was talking to our friend Jen about the communal aspect of consumption versus the isolated consumption. Yeah. That the, the doing this as a family. So you're all in it together. You're not just going off by yourself and isolating yourself and consuming. That's right. You don't want to turn into the family that texts each other to say, to come to dinner. Which in commercials normalizes. It's that's, an ego commercial. Yes, that's right. I mean, it's like, oh yeah, this is what every family is sure, doing. Sure, of course. So this is and okay. you know, sadly, it is what a lot of families are doing. So if they made a commercial about it, yes. That's right. So <laughs> the number two yeah. uh, thing to guard would be on the router level. Now, these are just basic virtual seatbelts that I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, minimizing exposure on all your devices in your home. So this is 
monitoring or software that attaches to your router for your Wi-Fi. So Heather, if you come to my house and you've got your device in your pocket, guess what? It's on my rules. If I have Wi-Fi. That's right. Now there's always a loophole. If if I'm on my LTE. That's right. There, there are all, but I think circle has an option. Gosh. For LTE on your kids' phones. But again, I don't know if they can monitor other people's phones. So I believe they do. They do. Okay. If they click into you know what, it's your I'm not I think a if they, tech expert. If they however. click into your Wi-Fi network in your house, yes, then they're in it. That's true. Like the babysitter. That's right. The friend. That's right. Yeah. So it's it's an important step, and there are free softwares that you can use, like Open DNS, things like that. There are ones that you can purchase, like Circle with Disney, um, Covenant Eyes, things like that. That not only um, protect the router level, but then there's an accountability aspect to it. Covenant Eyes is a great option. Then on the third one is the device level. So things like uh, whenever your child leaves the house and takes their phone to school, they're still being monitored. They're still being uh, the parameters for what you have is as appropriate um, for what what filtering. You yes, decide. filtering. Sorry, that's the word I'm looking for. Um, and even. I think it's I think it's important to let parents know you can turn off things like Surrey, you can turn off Safari, you can turn go into right. there's if you go into general, right? And then restrictions. Right. You can set up restrictions, you can set up I, I it, your phone comes embedded with filtering software. If it's Apple. Here's the deal. If it's Apple. And uh, 80%. But it's but it's set when you buy it. To allow everything. That's exactly right. I had to say I want clean. You I had bet. to say I so didn't did want I. explicit music. That's right. And here's the deal. 80% of American kids use Apple devices, and it's embedded with really this fantastic software that does effectively minimize exposure to all this explicit stuff. doesn't take it away altogether, but it does a good job at taking a good chunk of it away, and it should be enabled. It only takes about 45 seconds to do it. It's If that... It's quick. You can even turn off the Apple Store so they don't accidentally buy some app that you... Ex- and it should yeah. be. The App Store should be turned off. It's amazing, Right. Right. These little places that we don't think they'll be exposed. And you should tag like uh, PCMag.com. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. We should tag that because that is an outstanding source that is sort of your dummy proof version of what the soft filtering software. They had a best parental control software of 2018. Exactly. And it's just, uh, yeah, it's great. PCMag.com, they can just find all the information they need. That you yeah. go to it, and then you can see what works best for, for your family. It's a very simple list with pros and cons oh, for good. each device and how much it costs. And then you brought up uh, enabling your restrictions on all your devices, just simply going in. If you're like me and you really kind of need something, like one of those yellow books for dummies about how to do this, <laughs> um, pr- uh, ProtectYoungEyes.com is an awesome resource. Because they have gone to the effort of taking all the most commonly used uh, digital devices that kids are using today, and they have either a little thumbnail video that you can click on that shows you, that's embedded in their protectyoungeyes.com website, and it shows you step-by-step how to enable all the parental control uh, embedded software on PlayStation, incidentally, the most widely used um, uh, device as a portal for pornography amongst American teenage boys today. Um, it is, they've got smart TVs. They've got it for it's Wii it, U. A lo- is these game systems. And, Xbox. And yes. Xbox, wireless routers, Nintendo Switch, Google Home. They've got all of that on Protect Young Eyes. It's awesome. If it's not a little video that walks you through it, it's just like a little list that shows you one, two, three, four, how, what to do it and how to do it. It's awesome. You also pointed out changing their default browser. You know, I did. Now, this is not perfect, but it's just something. If your child is doing a project, right? search so, with them. Right. Search with them is the best. But Don't you know say what? go off to the computer and go search that because it could be the most simple thing that they're searching. Right. A friend of ours, son, saw pornography on Pinterest. Oh, I believe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, apps galore. There, uh, you can't say go look for um, project ideas for your planet project on Pinterest. That's because exactly. I call Pinterest Pinterest. I call <laughs> I call Instagram Insta porn. Mm. I mean, it, make it may start on all of yeah. these all of these apps. And there's one and a half million. I think there's actually maybe two million now. It's impossible to be an expert on all of them, but most apps have a portal within the ecosystem of the app to get to Google 
So if your kid is trying hard enough, this is why we got to always train the heart starts and ends there. If your kid's trying hard enough, they can get to hardcore pornography pretty, even through the Bible app, you can get to hardcore pornography because there is. <laughs> I think you just blew all of our minds. Yeah, I mean, it's even sad. through the Bible well, app. Because truly, if there's a, access to Twitter on there, which then you can get um, onto Google's Twitter, Twitter's, yeah. which then yeah. you can mm-hmm. link into the Google search bar from there. It So it's, it's everywhere. So it starts and ends with training the heart and equipping our kids what to do when, not if. They are faced with this avalanche of filth. Mm-hmm. What do we do? Yeah. We got to talk about it. Okay. Our time is almost up. Ashley, I'm so sad about that. I'm so sad about that. But I think I think we have hit really good things. I did bring up this sexting and we didn't finish it. But I, I it just struck me because I don't think we get the long-term legal ramifications for yes. our kids. And if no one's motivated at this point, possibly they care about their kid getting into Harvard or something. Right. And so this might be the motivator. So what okay. did the so, HP of police so, tell you? Right. So the basic sexting laws are if, if the picture is of a minor, it is considered child pornography. Even if they take the picture of themselves voluntarily. They are a child they, pornography producer. That's exactly right. If a child, and that's a felony, by the way. If a child it sends or shows that explicit photo, that is considered a felony. It is called uh, distribution of child pornography. So they Man- take a picture of themselves. And then felony. They, felony. Then send they send it, it. That's another felony. felony. And then the person who receives it, even if they didn't ask for it, they are then committing a felony by being in possession of child pornography. So this is what got me because if my son had his own phone and someone, I'm not saying any girl is going to this, but you have to have these conversations. So I equipped him and said, if you ever get a picture that you know is a bad picture of someone in their, their privates or you immediately, and this is where you equipped me, you bring me the phone. No shame. No blame. No blame. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> because then we get to do what with it? Well, according to Chief Rowden, it's important to uh, to come to him with the device. Immediately. Yes. Time is of the essence. I mean, le- we're talking all the legal right. aspect of this. I mean, I personally would call the parent of the child uh, to loop them in. If my child sends a photo of him or herself, my word, please call me. But uh, then now you have to tell that parent that your child just committed a felony. That's right. <laughs> Which is a really hard conversation. That's right. And you know what? That parent may or may not take it seriously, but seriously. you did your part. But that's right. Yeah. And then Chief Rodden did say, you need to bring it to the police. Now where the police, what the police do with it is they send it to the FBI, the device, the FBI, the FBI extracts the photo, uh, creates an algorithm of it. It gets uploaded onto their database because they take child pornography very seriously. Because according to the FBI agent that I have I had a meeting with, child pornography is big money. Mm-hmm. And so if the if the internet, she put her fingers up, she said, if the internet is this, say it's about three inches thick, then the dark web is this, about ten inches deep, you know? And someone and might have s- hacked into that photo already. Or or it's just been sent around. It's been pinged around. It's already been and found. Then it's, and then it's just, it gets, I mean, my word, it just gets. But I don't think a mom can grasp the fact that your child, maybe in just a foolishness, childishness, cluelessness, right. doesn't realize this is a big deal. Everybody's doing it. That's like you right. said that quote. And they take the picture and they don't realize that somebody Somewhere in another country is gonna make money off of it. can get it. That's right. I don't even think they understand that the internet is so connected that they could get that photo. That's right. And that make, they're scanning all the time. That's right. And they're they're making money off of you or off of your child's naked body. But what's happening is this this because it's an epidemic, because it's happening in, in middle schools, even in our area, then the chief of the police is like, what do I do? Because this is affecting their future. That's right. And so if you're a felon, you have to, you're required to put it on your college applications. And he actually said, I don't have as much of a problem in high school as I do with middle school because middle schoolers are not thinking about college yet. So, so, so he said, yeah. so they're, the high school kids, the older ones are 
typically a little bit more aware or cautious. They might use a if Snapchat. If they're college driven. They might use a Snapchat private, which you can which s- will go away in 24 hours. Right. But then of course the friend next to them sees a Snapchat coming in. He's got his phone ready and he's going to snap a photo yeah, of yeah, it yeah, 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 yeah. Um, with his phone. So then the, do- the, the person doesn't even get pinged yeah. back with yeah. the fact that it was screenshotted. So basically we need to, you it's know. the heart because we're not going to be, and it's keeping the conversation going. And, you know, we didn't even talk about the neuroscience that we have were the benefits, beneficiaries of the, all, all the secular research that supports um, our morality of neuroscience shows now at the University of Cambridge came out with a revolutionary study about uh, how our brains are affected by pornography and how it mirrors porn addiction mirrors cocaine and heroin addiction. It literally is linked from if you're consuming this from an early age when your brain is so underdeveloped and your neurology is 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 immature literally your prefrontal cortex which manages impulse control right from wrong executive function it's not fully developed until you're 25 years old so here you are as a tween and a teen being exposed to this you are sucked in more quickly to the addictive aspect that's right you're more susceptible so therein lies uh, something that I always emphasize to parents, if you walk in and you see your kid doing, or he comes to you or she comes to you and says, I have done this or I've seen this. And it is important moms that you show great empathy. Mm. It is important moms that you don't freak out. Mm. There is a, an addictive component to this. Think of it like heroin and cocaine. And I mean this seriously. Show empathy if you need to take, take some it time seriously. Take step it away take it seriously but not in a um nope don't bring anger shame that's right guilt don't freak out say i need a moment okay i'm so glad you told me i love you i need a moment if you can't get it together in that moment and you likely won't be able to you'll be shocked and upset You'll be disappointed. What happened to my perfect child? Right. My perfect parenting. All these decisions, all these, all this time, effort, and heart I'm putting into you. And what? Yeah. yeah. So my next, my next seminar that I've been developing is all about what to do when. Right. And that's next, Heather. Oh, I'll be talking to you about that. We're going to bring you back because, Ashley, I just appreciate all the time you've put into this, your heart into this. I mean, you are a wise woman. God's given you gifts. He's been prepping you all along, all your stories and how you've just pieced this together. Um, I I really, really appreciate the time that you've taken. And um, are you okay if people reach out to you in email or are you too busy for that? You know what? It's funny you say that. I uh, are you going to start a website? Is this going to? I like- you know what? I I have had a number of people ask me to start a, a website or start something that's more formal. I'm it's I'm just trying to kind of keep up with what's in, right in front of me at yeah. the moment. But I do. I think I need. I think I need to actually just have an email and specific for this. Specific for this and um, yeah, and be available to to go wherever the needs are to to raise awareness and then to talk about what to do. When your child comes to you or you walk into them viewing something mm-hmm. in the moment, what to do and then the course of action to take from that. I'm, I'm developing that right now. <laughs> so it's it'll, you know, stay tuned. Well, I appreciate you coming on so, so much. And the mom listening does too. And um, all the best. Thank I you. Can't Thank wait you to for having see me. what God does next. Thank yeah. you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. God bless you, moms. Okay, y'all. If you're looking for any of those resources she mentioned, they are all in the show notes over at GodCenterMom.com for this episode. If you want those show notes straight in your inbox, you know the spot on my sidebar where you can put in your email address and weekly, whenever a show comes out, you'll get reminded that the new episode is out and you'll also have those resources straight in your inbox. Um, I'm going to pray for us. I've been doing that and I think that it's a good way to just focus our attention back on God. Dear Lord, we surrender this to you. We pray that we will look to you first and not to fear. We pray that we will be wise uh, and not seek comfort and convenience and control, Lord, and think that this is just one more thing that we need to lock down and have on control and and, um, hurt our relationships with our kids. But at the same time, Lord, to be vigilant and to not succumb to what everyone's doing in the world just because we want to be liked by our kids or we want to we are afraid they're going to miss out, Lord. I pray that fear would be nowhere in any of the choices we're making, but that we would choose to um, 
set these boundaries in place like you gave the Israelites so that they would have the best life you want for them. So they would flourish, Lord. I thank you and praise you um, for Ashley and her work. I pray a hedge of protection around her family. I pray for one around mine and for every gal who is listening, Lord. I pray that um, if our children are exposed accidentally or on purpose, that you would give us wisdom and insight in the moment on responding with empathy and to have these conversations with our kids um, with grace. And if we have struggled in the past ourselves to not walk in shame, but to recognize the freedom that comes through Christ and his righteousness, that when God looks at us, he doesn't see um, all of the choices that we've made and the, the ways that we've gone astray, but he sees his son, Jesus. And let's walk in the freedom of that Lord and Jesus name. Amen. Okay, y'all, would you please pray for me too? I know I'm praying here, but honestly, truly, every time an episode goes out, I am tested in the exact area the episode is on. I also want to let you know that next week's guest is Andy Crouch. He and I are going to dig just a little bit more. Um, actually, though, it's it's not like we're going to go deeper into filters. We're going to go and take a bigger stance on how are we as families setting up our homes so they can be places of flourishing and so that we don't let um, technology take over our our lives. He's written a book called The TechWise Family. So we're going to talk more about that next week. Stay tuned. All right. I hope you all have a blessed end of the school year. May cray. All right. Adios. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God-Centered Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.